I'll, I'll wait till you come come back to your seat, or maybe I should just do it now no, while you while you look right. ridiculous leaning forward. Yeah. I look... <laughs> All go. right, what's up, people? How we doing? Welcome to this week's episode of Bacon is My Podcast, where we get to the crux of whatever we're talking about, which could mm-hmm. be literally anything. Yeah. Um, and when we do have guests, when we are fortunate enough to have guests, we do get to the center of those guests, or maybe we just drink and hang out with those guests, or maybe um, it's whatever. Super awkward. Just, yeah, super awkward. We're gonna make we're gonna make sure one of those things happens today, and we're gonna make sure one of those things happens with Mister Michael Skaggs from the band Outline in Color. Make it. Make it is my podcast. Make it. Make it. Make it is my. Uh, thank you, sir, for hanging out with us today. Uh, how you doing? What's going on? What's happening? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing good. How are you guys? We are doing awesome. All right. We're awesome. All right. We're doing podcasts and yeah, we are, like we are sort of doing music and stuff. Yeah, we're bringing entertainment to the masses in right. these trying times. <laughs> and by the masses, I mean ourselves we're entertaining ourselves right. in these trotting times a much needed commodity yeah we'll see <laughs> we'll see we'll see how needed it is yeah cool so where are we talk? where are you at today where are we talking to you from i'm in tulsa oklahoma nice did you know little known yeah. fact about tulsa um and i i only know this my uh my my girlfriend works as a um well she kind of does everything for um a band called Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And what she does is she does lighting and stuff like that. They've toured Tulsa a number of times. And uh, did you know that Tulsa is a slut backwards? (laughs) I did indeed know this. (laughs) I'm sure he hears it all the time. I was surprised how many Tulsaites were not privy to that information. She told me, she was like, I say that to literally everyone whenever we go there and like, Half the people are like, what? Dag it, you're right. <laughs> and then half the people are like, yeah, duh, whatever. Here's here's another little known fact. Like two or three weeks ago, yeah. Jim comes up to me and he, and he goes, because so we live in New York and uh, Long Island, New York specifically. I've been trying to move for years. And and it's it's insanely expensive and it's stupid. And, um, you know, you have to like work a million hours a week to uh, to to make your bills. And um, he he walks in one day into this this studio and he goes, "What do you think about Tulsa? Let's 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 move to Tulsa." Yeah, and I was like, w- "What? Excuse me." That was before we even spoke about uh, this interview. Before, yeah, before we even like talked about. And then and then you said you were gonna come on the show, and I was like, "Hey, these guys are from fucking Tulsa." <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so, not too like, bad. I, I all I know is that uh, I know from her and I know um, also from like touring and, and being around other bands that Tulsa is a great live music area. Yeah, it's it's like low key a jam. Um, right. Billboard said like a year ago that we were like a emerging music mecca or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Which is great. So um, as someone who are you born and raised? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. I, I lived out of the state for a number of years, but I, I came back like two, three years ago, and yeah. So, so what? Um, what about Tulsa makes it a great live music town? Like, what? What is it? Well, we we have a 
like a definite like downtown area and there's like a number of of uh clubs downtown of varying sizes you know there's like a a couple bars that have like real small caps you know like 100 or under mm-hmm. 100 but then there's like uh the vanguard is like a 500 cap room kane's ballroom is like a two three thousand cap and right there's like a, a ballroom that's or not a ballroom uh what is it uh, the brady theater it's like three four thousand and then and we also have the bok center which is like a big arena so we we can pretty much house just about any size artist like despite it being like a kind of small city i guess yeah um so like a lot of times um you know we'll get artists that like you wouldn't think that would they'd come to tulsa oklahoma but i think it's just because we have the uh the infrastructure for it um it's it's kind of wild like it's it, it's kind of always been that way too even when i was a kid there were just like a multitude of venues and of varying sizes even on the diy side of things that's crazy too because because around here i mean pre-pandemic mm-hmm. it, it, it's like okay well where could we play and even as um even as a decent sized artist before you start getting into like thousands mm-hmm only room you could really play was was revolution yeah we have there's a bunch of places that'll fit 50 people yeah then there's like one or two places that'll fit uh between 200 and 400 people and then it immediately ramps to like 1200 yeah right that's tight but also like the the one thing that i've that i've found um as uh as a as a band touring and stuff there's definitely some areas and i'm sure you as a touring uh touring artist as well there's some towns and there's some areas where man people just come out yeah yeah you know it's like nothing else to do there so that's just like the thing you know well i i I feel like that's part of it because um i i grew up in indiana i grew up Mm -hmm. in west lafayette indiana and there are certain sections of indiana that man you play show there everybody goes you know and then there's certain areas of indiana where you play a show there nobody goes right and it's just kind of the way it is yeah um i found the same thing about chicago ohio tends to be kind of hit or miss um you've got like uh places parts of michigan that are just awesome where everybody just goes out right um parts in pennsylvania where everybody goes out you know so what always interests me is like okay what makes a town a town where people will go out to see music is it that there aren't a lot of things going on. I don't know because there's a lot of places in Indiana where there's not a lot going on and they still don't go out, you know? So, so what Uh, do you think makes Tulsa a place where like people just want to go out and see live music or they want to support live music? Or do you back up that, that it's a great place to go? No, I mean, you, you make an interesting point. Um, I think that for Tulsa specifically, it, granted, it's it's evolved and changed genre-wise over the last like 10, 12 years that I've been mm-hmm. playing around here. But um, there's just always been a strong local scene. Um, be like back in the day, it was super super heavy beatdown music. You know, nowadays it's it's more like rock, uh, indie. But in you know several years back, it was you know pretty in line with the music that Outline was is making or was making. Right. Um, so I think I think that that's a major attribute as to why it's always been 
a good place for for music because when you have a lot of young people playing music you know they're connected they're in school they're you know yeah, or in yeah. college or they work jobs and you know they're just naturally connected to a lot of people that are also young and it's it's easy for them to build uh like grassroots fan bases with you know the people that are already here that they're friends with and you know from there it kind of spider webs and builds so um, I mean, I can speak from personal experience when Outline first started playing shows like 10 years ago, like the people that came out were like people that have been friends with us for years and it slowly grew and built from that. But um, I think that that's there's just a lot. It's really easy for a band starting out to find support if they're, you know, friendly and likable and they make good music and they connect with people at shows because there's a lot of people here that are into music. And it's just like if you have one person that's <clears throat> comes to a show and they come for you know one local band that they really like sometimes sometimes they'll be really open to the the bands that are playing before them or after them and then you know you've got uh somebody that came to see the headliner but they left like a big fan of the opener and that that happens a lot here like uh, uh one of outlines last tours that we that we we did where we came through tulsa we brought two bands that had never played tulsa before but we just knew based on their sound and their aesthetic and like what they had going on for them that Tulsa was going to love them. And sure enough, we played a show and it was a pretty decent turnout. And uh, the two bands that had never played here before, they had a great, great crowd reception. And it was just like, you know, people go on shot tours and they'll play a show in Tulsa and it'll be like pretty good or the energy at least will be really good. And it's funny because like people go on tour and they see they're playing Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they're like, "What the fuck is that?" And, and <laughs> but then they, they hit it and they're like, "Man, Tulsa was memorable. Like, I want to go back there for sure." That's that's what I keep hearing, man. That's what I keep yeah. hearing. I've never and been. I haven't been fortunate enough to play Tulsa. Honestly, I haven't. Oklahoma is one of the states that I've never played, um, and uh, and I've I've heard that so many times. I've heard that from friends of mine that toured through. They're like, "Man, people like people come." people come for the bands that aren't their bands, you know, and they, and they'll, they buy merch and support touring bands and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's just awesome. And one of the things I have to say is like, I got to commend you for um, just the thought process of like finding a band that you want to bring on tour with you and saying, my town will love them because this industry is notoriously so um, me, me, me. competitive but it's weird because it's not competitive for anybody that's successful it's competitive for everybody that thinks that they need to be competitive to be successful they they for some reason you know there's this whole idea of like well you know uh come support my band and i'm i'm either not gonna worry about the bands that are with us or or actively i'm going to you know uh try and make sure that my fans are my fans and stuff like that sure i mean so just to hear that, that you guys like that's one of the reasons that I think probably uh, adds to you guys building and being more successful. is right. just the idea that you're that you're like, hey, hey, man, we're like we want to bring our fans something that they're going to like. So then they're going to realize that, like, yeah, we're with you. We're, sure. we're all on the same team here. We're all fans of music. So like yeah. if it's if it's yeah. good, it's great. I want to play with every band that's awesome, you know, like. Totally. And I mean, yeah. when I was younger and more immature, I've, I've definitely been guilty of those tendencies. You just we all we all are. Yeah, we sure. all are for sure. But um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've just kind of realized that, like, 
you were re- we're really doing i mean we do this for the fans but at the end of the day it's self-expression and yep. if, you're, if you're not expressing yourself for the sole love of it then you're, you've already lost you know there is no competition the competition is being able to express yourself like fully and and whether or absolutely. not that's a personal thing you know absolutely that's and, awesome and once that's, I that's leaned, huge for sure and and once i leaned into that i i started um I don't know. I I, I just want to anybody that is willing that wants help from me that thinks that I can help them. I'm always down to like share any information or any anything I've learned along the way, because fuck, man, if somebody was telling me five years ago that you could do this, this, this or shit could have taught me something that I didn't know. You know, maybe I could have shaved some months or some years off of my trials and tribulations. Absolutely, man. Well, and and even to add to that, it's like uh, I, I always find that like ever since I was a little kid, I remember being a kid and, and finding a new band. And the first thing I wanted to do when I found a new band was show it to all my friends. Totally. Right. So, so then becoming an artist and being in a band later, that doesn't change. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I still, if I see a band or if a band plays with us and they're awesome, the first thing I want to do is be like, everybody I know needs to see this band (laughs) because they're awesome. They're so good. You know, Especially like, when you know people that are like involved with the team or are on oh, the yeah, man. band or like whatever. It's just like I don't know. I want to see everybody win, and when people get win near me, like it makes me excited. I feel like that that success absolutely is closer. You know, and 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 it, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this a, a couple episodes ago when, when we had Mick it on. Uh-huh. It is it's super important. Like when you go to see a show, especially like we we have a lot more people from new york listening here um when you go to a show where you're seeing a headliner check out especially nowadays because you have access to spotify you have access to youtube yeah you have access to anything you want and google everything check out your opening bands yes it's it's crucial it's crucial to check out your opening bands and i checked out opening bands i checked out you know uh, again i said make it yep make it from rivals we actually had him on a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago and that's how i found out about them is is because i went to go see red jumpsuit and through red jumpsuit i found them and then you know it was funny because uh last year i actually so I, I do a lot of the Spotify mixes and, you know, discover weeklies and stuff like that. And that's how I came up with, with catching you guys um, eat your heart out came up mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, these guys are fucking great. And then sure enough, last year you put out a song with the singer of rivals and uh, you know, it, you have to like, you have to check out your opening bands because that's, that's Ooh. what the future is. The, well, the headliners, you know, are, going to be there but the 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 openers are the future totally yeah. and a lot of and not every time you know there's definitely like manufactured packages and stuff for sure. of like course booking agent puts together but a lot of times like the the opening bands are like hand selected by you know the headliners or like the top top acts on the bill so mm-hmm. you know a lot of times it's like it's the headliners intention that they want you to see that band because like they discovered them or like they know somebody that's affiliated with them and they wanted to give them a shot to like reach new fans because they knew that you know the, the fan base that they possessed and the people that will come out when they go on tour so it's 
I don't know. I mean, I understand like, you know, when you go on tour, you guys know, like sometimes it's, it's exhausting to, to be, you know, inside from seven to 11 right. every single night and watch every single, you know, sometimes you just need quiet and right. it has nothing to do with what bands on stage or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I have a genuine appreciation for um, any band nowadays, especially that, um, you know, puts the effort into selling tickets and bringing people out and, you know, it, it, it's, and put in doing their thing on stage, you know, like it's just, it's, it's humbling. And it's, it's, uh, it's something that like, maybe I, I kind of took for granted a little bit when I was younger, but now it's like, I, I try to catch every band set that I can, even when like, I'm not really feeling it. Well, you never know what's going to inspire you also, you yeah, know, totally. like I, I can't tell you how many times that I've, um, played a show and then been in the audience for the rest of the bands and saw something even from a band that I, maybe I wasn't feeling, you know, but there's something that they did, something that the, how the singer communicated with the crowd, how the, how the drummer handled something, how, you know, something happened and I was inspired by it and totally. something taught me something, something made me go into my next show with a better handle or a different idea or another trick in the bag of tricks or something like that, because man, you can learn, you learn from everything you learn yeah. from everybody, you know, totally. and it's, it's uh, to see somebody's connection with a crowd and draw from it is a, is a pretty amazing thing. And you never know, you never know where that line, like, okay, he saw, he, rivals because he went to see another band and then he found you guys through spotify and then he told me about you guys so then i started listening to you guys and so then i share you know and it's like that's how it goes it's that domino effect and that's how it works and that's what we're all kind of doing yeah and totally. you know to to embrace that and to be a part of that is is super cool and so um you know like I said, you you just just the fact of you saying like, you know, if we find a band, even if they're not from here and we know our crowd will like them, the presence of mind to know your crowd means that you care about your crowd. Oh, the presence sure. of mind to know what your and crowd is going to like shows that you give a shit. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that yeah. that's why your crowd is your crowd. And that's why you're able to do the things that you're able to do. And that stuff uh, speaks a lot to me. I, I, I love that. And I, I find that um, inspiring. And I, and I think that's super cool. I, I appreciate that, man. I mean, I'm not delusional. Like, I, I mean, we're not the biggest band in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but we couldn't even be doing what we're doing on the level that we're doing it if we didn't have people that appreciated it and consumed it, you know, like it, it, just oh, could, yeah, man. it just couldn't happen. So there's this symbiotic relationship between fan and artist that should exist because totally you're feeding each other you know like we i can't i can't give people the music that they want without some sort of like life stability or um ability to go to the studio or shoot videos or you know there's just no way to get it out there um without people to appreciate it so i i'm yeah. endlessly appreciative to everybody that listens to us even if it's like old stuff that like you know i wasn't singing on like i've been in the band since you know it was conceived so like i i appreciate every listener well, you know that's that's something that, that we wanted to talk to you about because we we've talked to we've talked about it on our podcast mm -hmm. is so we're both singers and we became singers out of necessity 
Uh, we have something in common. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, so, so like, we're, so we're like you started players. off, you started off as a keyboard player <laughs> yeah, and then you became a bass player backing vocalist. Mm-hmm. And now here you are, however many years, what was it like 10 years? Right. Yeah. And, and now you're, now you're a, like a lead vocalist. Yeah. So, so t- talk about that journey. Like how, how did you find it within yourself? Because some people are like, uh, I I scream in my music. He doesn't scream in his. But like, I'm not good at. Um, it. <laughs> he he hasn't tried. He's he's a <laughs> wuss. Like he's he's like really good at singing. He's like I don't want to damage my voice. And it's like, well, you gotta. Feel that. Sometimes you gotta. <laughs> sometimes you gotta just reach for it. Just like I've, say, screw it. I've damaged it. Yeah. I, I but please that. go. I feel <laughs> that for sure. Yeah. But um. But yeah. Like, talk to us about that journey of of being like pretty much all the way back, and then like. Sure working working your way up front and and now you're a screamer so where did you find that voice how, how did you find that voice were you encouraged by any of your bandmates that kind of stuff <laughs> um yes and no um i love that i love that laugh it's so telling <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because like uh, i tried out for vocals initially for the band but the initial oh. vi- vision for outlining color was to have a single vocalist that did screaming and singing kind of like a Maddie Mullins kind of situation and mm-hmm, Kelly right. Quinn kind of thing. And uh, I was not a very good singer at the time. And, um, you know, we, we ended up making an exception, but like I, tr- I tried out and the band was just like, it was just uh, the two guitar players at the time, but they were just like, you know, they, we knew each other from the scene. We had played in other local bands and um, they were just like, we want you to be in the band. We don't know like what yet, but like we want, we're going to find a place for you because we want you to be a part of this. So that's kind of how I got on keyboards. And, um, you know, we started writing and making the the debut music. And um, after we had got like a little bit of traction, we got this like kind of hotshot manager and he had us come out to LA and, and showcase for some record labels and stuff. And at the time we were two guitar players, me on keyboards, two vocalists. And um, we get on stage and we play for like Sumerian and Pantheon agency. And we played through our shit and we like felt like we did pretty good. And we looked like fucking bums with like gym shorts <laughs> and like Tom's and like fucking total losers. Shut and uh, they we <laughs> we finished playing and um, they're like, your bass player sick, and we're like, no, what what? <laughs> and they're like, your bass player, where's your bass player at? And we're just like, oh, hold on, I'm getting a phone call. I gotta decline it. Uh, your bass player, uh, where's he at? And we're just like, oh, we don't have one. And they're like you don't have a bass player why not and we're just like oh you know like everybody puts the keys on the back track we thought it would be cool to put the bass on the back track and they were like yeah no that's aesthetically <laughs> unappealing and y'all shouldn't do that and you should get it you should get a bass player or can you play bass and i was like yeah and they're like you should play bass and uh so we like left that showcase and like before we even got back to the place we were staying, it was like determined that I was playing bass. And I was just like, all right, <laughs> well, I'll start learning all the songs. Nice. And I had been in like band and stuff in high school and stuff. So I, I was like, I mean, not like amazing at any instruments, but I, I could like play drums and play bass and play guitar a little bit. You so I pick up a if, bunch of things. If okay. my current, yeah. so, so basically like my current situation is my bass player left. And uh, so, it, uh, you know what? 
I was like, eh, we can either run tracks and we, we did like a live stream where we recorded it and mm -hmm. we did like like they said, and I was like, mm, I, I'll just play bass. Right. So, it, so yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, you just need right. a bass player. <laughs> yeah. So I, I started playing bass for, you know, a number of years mm -hmm. and uh, like 2019, we had had like a bunch of unfortunate things happen like we we had got booked on the first like supporting tour that we had got book, booked on in years and uh we got like first day we left and we have vehicle issues and we get to day two because we had to cancel day one because of wow. aforementioned vehicle issues um we we get to like austin texas and we stay the night we play night two on the sh on the tour and we're driving from like Dallas to Austin or from Austin to Dallas rather for the night three. And our engine just like explodes on the highway, like oh. seven miles from the venue too. It's ridiculous. Dude. Um, so like we, we just had like a kind of a, a shitty year and things weren't going so hot. And um, we finally got a, a lucky break and this booking agent that we were trying to work our way in with um, offered us like, like four or five dates with slaves and uh we had coincidentally got offered this other tour with like i think it was oceana doing their like their 10-year anniversary tour or something okay. like that and uh, we were able to like put it together where we could do like a little like 10 14 day run something like that nice and uh we're getting up to like the week before the tour and we're about to like start rehearsing and getting ready to to go and we just got uh, a message from our old vocalist and he was he uh was going through some like life changes and basically just said that like because of everything he had going on and because the former drug implications with like slaves when Johnny was affiliated um, that was like a trigger for him personally because he's a an ex addict mm -hmm. and uh, he he just he couldn't do the tour and that that was regardless of like what that meant for him in the band and we're just like fuck because oh, we had just got this booking agent that we had been trying to get to book us to give us these like five, six dates. So like in our mind, like it wasn't like really a possibility for us to drop the shows because that would pretty much like seal our fate with that agent. Like if we, if he yeah, went on a limb, no choice. there's no yeah. choice at that point. Yeah. We just kind of mark our name forever. So we we're just right. like, we got to find a way to do this tour. And, um, you know, we looked at having some fill-ins come in, like some other screamers to come in and, and fill, fill in for us. But the more we got to thinking about it, like it, there were definitely like screamers that would be like capable. Like we talked about like Jake Kruger from like Vultures and um, a couple other people that are like really talented and capable. But we just got to thinking about it and it was just like, man, it's one thing to be able to like perform and be a screamer and like, you know, do okay. But it's another thing to like memorize like a shit ton of lyrics and right. like you know <laughs> yeah. be able to like convey them with emotion and stuff and right you gotta you know, sell it yeah and you know I've been around for everything and was around for the lyric writing of all of the songs that we put out and um so it was just like most of the stuff was just like second nature like you know it's just always in my head like I didn't have to like look up the lyrics or reference the songs or anything and right we wow. kind of were just like well there's no way in hell i could like do that and play bass like this is not it's too too much like there's a lot of like really 
stuff that goes against the the patterns on the base and i'm just oh frank, yeah frankly not talented enough to, to pull there's, that there's, off there's not many that are that's for sure um but i don't have a problem admitting that like that's just hard and uh you know i can i can sing like and play acoustic like a little bit but like you know you start getting techie and i'm i'm out yeah and uh anyway uh we just kind of determined that john our our uh our other singer he he, he had played in a pop punk band prior to outlining color where he played guitar and sang. So like playing bass and singing was like pretty reasonable for him. And, um, man, he fucking just did, pulled it off in like a week and was just ripping. So we, we, uh, we got on like the first three, four nights of the tour and we we're kind of freaking out. Like it was scary, but after like the first couple nights, we started to hit a groove and <clears throat> we're like, Oh damn. Like, we can we can make this work like this this is all right and to to kind of sum it up like halfway through that tour we got a, a message from our our old vocalist and he was basically just like uh he was convinced that we were talking shit about him when when we were on the road and <laughs> right. we really weren't like we're you know like we had some fans you know that have come to every single show and um you know they're like friends and family to us and when they would be you know obviously they would come out and be like where's your other guy and you know we we would you know tell them like you know what was going on um but like we weren't we weren't talking shit or anything like that but we got this message and he basically was just like i'm out like you know this is it for me uh don't reach out to me i'll reach out to you and i'm ready like and uh that was kind of it but um we got like halfway through this tour and we got on a groove and for some reason, like just, I don't know if it was less people in the van or like the dynamic between the people or what, but like things just went really easy and smoothly, like on and off stage. Like, and, and sometimes we had had like issues with, you know, just being a unit on tour, you know, and like, yeah. it well, takes the more people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we got to this point in the tour where, uh, I'm trying to think where we were at. We were like in, like New York, I, I believe, or New Jersey. We were up, up on the East Coast somewhere, and we were either going to drive north to Rhode Island and play a gig that was like completely out of the way that we'd have to immediately backtrack the route that we came and then drive like another seven hours to the next place. Or we had a friend, uh, Andrew Bayless, that we'd known since like the beginning of our career, and uh, we're just like looking at like, you know, he lived in, in Cleveland, which was on the way to our next show mm -hmm. and uh, or the show following the show that we were considering playing or dropping or whatever. Um, and uh, basically, like we were like, well, we're going to spend a few hundred dollars on hotels, like if we take the night off of the show or if we play it regardless or Andrew Bayless will charge us two hundred dollars to go co-write a song and we can stay in his basement <laughs> so we're just like fuck it we're just like fuck it you know let's just see what happens like we've been having a couple good shows like we're starting to hit a groove let's see what happens when we write a song because like you know our dude just told us he was out so like we're either this tour is it for the band or like we're gonna carry on or it's a new like beginning this. yeah yeah and um man we wrote this song with andrew bayless and it just went so fucking awesome that at the end of the writing session when we were about to leave to hit the the rest of the tour um we we're just like we have to work with you like we have to do an album and bayless was just like 
he made us like a really good deal and uh we didn't have the money for it but like it was a really really good deal to where like we were like we're never going to be able to get this deal again right, right. figure it out we'll, yeah we'll, make it happen we'll figure yeah. it out so like yeah. we confirmed recording with him in february like in like november with no money and we're just like we'll figure it out we'll figure it out and um shit we figured it out <laughs> we got <laughs> we got an investor and um he came in like right at the last second and and funded uh imposter syndrome part one and two and nice um it that's that's kind of how i i guess i slipped into my position <laughs> well so, something that that is really awesome and i and i pointed this out to jim initially is like even throughout the pandemic and everything like that, you guys have put out music. Yeah. Like you've been doing it. That's inspiring. At least Thank once you. a month. And that, you know, providing content for the people that listen is super important, especially right now is, is, is that like coming out with something new, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a full record sure. anymore. It's just not it's not the way that people consume things anymore. It, but right. the the more often you put something new out, the more important it is. But you guys continued like you hit the pan. We hit the pandemic and you guys put out an EP. You guys are continuing to put out new singles Uh, dude. Uh, like today's Western is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you I was know, jamming so, that a f- I, like I jammed that a few times on repeat because I, I love that riff. Like, oh, <laughs> gotta hear that. Yeah, yeah, totally, dude. It, oh so, my god. So As a like, guitar player, I'm just like, what? So so how so how does that? So <laughs> yeah. How does that how does that work for you guys? There are, are, are like you've got an SM7B there. So do you do you guys do a lot of like tracking on your own and send it out, or how how do you guys keep up with all this stuff, especially with the pandemic? Or did you go in? And record this bef- prior to, and then um, now they're working on it. All the above. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. We it was kind of coincidental with imposter syndrome part one and two because we actually wrapped. I want to say three days before the lockdown order, and wow. we we put ourselves under a great like part of the deal for us doing the record the way that we were doing it was that uh, we only had like a month to do it. And we didn't write songs prior to like we wrote them in the studio. Everything was in that month. Yeah, everything. Holy Uh, shit! Yeah, we wrote like eleven songs in in a month, like fully produced. It was pretty crazy. It was down to the line too, you know. And uh, because of that, like, dude, I mean, we're getting to the studio at like noon every day, but like, you know, get getting up at like nine, um, you know, getting ready, getting coffee and lunch and whatever, and um and work until like 9 10 p.m and yeah um, every night we leave and it's dark and we're veed and we eat dinner and then we crash and we were kind of like a little out of tune with like what the corona stuff as it was building you know it kind of just all hit at once for us because we were so focused on the album that we weren't watching tv we weren't listening to the news like just tunnel vision um, and oklahoma is like pretty conservative anyway so it was a minute before we were feeling some of the things that were felt like elsewhere in the country, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just remember like me and me and Bayless, we would go to this grocery store every day after the studio to grab stuff for dinner. 
and there was this mountain of water bottles like it, like a huge display that was like 10 feet tall floor like floor to ceiling almost and um that like two days and they were selling them for like it was like six cases for ten dollars or something like that it was just like <laughs> ridiculously cheap those were and, the days uh, <laughs> yeah remember when water was cheap so, uh but two days after Bayless, Bayless leaves, I go to the same grocery store and I walk in and they're all gone. There's like two left on the pallet and it's like disheveled. And I looked down and the price tag was like three for $10. Like they had like <laughs> doubled the price right, on yeah. it because of demand. And that was like my first like, whoa, what's Something's going on here? <laughs> and and um, so like that shit hit. And we were locked down. Like we didn't leave the house for basically like a month, I think. And um, that time I was like going crazy because I had spent like the last, you know, month plus being just hella productive every day to like right. not being that productive and not having much business. And um, yeah, it was just like a crazy time. So I just like got with the guys and I was just like, yo, I'm really motivated to make content. Like, let's just keep this rolling. Like people need shit right now because like, they like all, tv's fucking canceled like nobody's right. putting out yeah. albums because they can't tour i was like people need fucking something and there's people right. that are paying attention to us right now so like let's give them stuff and yeah. um Dude. that's what that's Dude. what led to like the covers and like the collab track with dropout kings and like you know just anything that we i actually have a, a track that was one of the first ones that we did last year is coming out next month it's like an edm collab that's it's gonna be pretty sick i'm really excited nice. about it nice. but um you know we're just like let's just do everything like let's just get out there and one of the things we really wanted to prove with imposter syndrome was that like we can write whatever kind of music that we want you know like um you know granted like it falls under the scene umbrella mostly but like we have a lot of dynamically different sounding songs on imposter syndrome and, and part oh, yeah. two is, is no, is no exception. And, and we've actually written several songs. We have another EP that's like pretty much on deck, just waiting. And um, it's the same deal. Like we're, we're just doing whatever we're inspired by, like whatever we want to write is what we write. So we were just like, why not do a collab track with a trap metal band? Like why not do a collab with a, a dubstep artist? Like, you know, that's we've always, that's perfect that's 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 awesome yeah that's one of the things that that honestly i i thought was super cool that i wanted to kind of ask you about um both like your your guys writing process because it's so varied because you're you're kind of free to do so many things and um as as a writer and as a as an artist like i appreciate that i i love so many different styles of music that i always want to incorporate different things into what i'm doing and um, I'm wondering kind of how you guys kind of uh, how you guys balance that out and what your writing process is, especially because really there's there's two of you that have been in the band since the beginning. Right. You know, you've had members in and out and in and out and in and out. Um, but there have been some lineup changes and stuff. So you've got these two constants. And how do you kind of juggle that with the writing and putting stuff out and bringing in other influences and stuff like sure. that? Uh, because like literally your songs are all over the place, but they're all over the place in a, in a controlled and good way to where they don't not fit with each other. 
Right. There's some sort of cohesiveness. That yeah. No, exactly. Better. Like, I I love it's bands that are all over the place. I I love you know like I I think back to bands like Mr. Bungle and you know like things things like that that I really like. Yeah. Um, I'm a Mike Patton fanboy to begin with, but uh, just the fact that there's so many different styles that happen there, um, to make that cohesive is not easy. You know, like I, I, I know that, well, it's not easy for me. So, so sure. if it's, if it's super easy for you, that's awesome. I want to know how you do it. Um, um, how do you guys go about that writing process? Sure. Well, um, you know, the bands definitely had like, you know, somewhat of a revolving door of members throughout the years, but myself and CJ are, uh, are like day one members and John right. was our, our first singer on on CD and he he left for a while when Casey was in the band he came back and the same with Austin uh, he was our, our debut drummer so basically mm -hmm. the lineup that we have now is all comprised of members that were on our debut release so it's like yeah it's changed but it's all but like OG, yeah. yeah it's all OG members just like different you know Right. Um, so that 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 part of it helps like you know we've known each other forever there's no like weird dynamics like within the band you know we're just like homies and um you know like we're we're professional and you know or we, at least we try to be <laughs> um but like you know we're just friends and and that makes it kind of easy like we all have love for each other and um you know appreciate each other for who we are as people not just like as musicians and touring people um and i think that that kind of helps a lot but also, like, we all have crazy different influences. Um, I've always been into, like, heavy music and into hip-hop. Those have kind of been my my divergencies. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, uh, so that's where, like, I don't know, some of the, the, the heavier edge and some of the, like, trappier consistencies in our music come from. But, you know, John is probably has the most comprehensive knowledge of bands that exist, like, within our, our scene. Um, from like the biggest of big to like some of the smallest of the small bands like he's very like with it and um, that I think that that's where a lot of our like scene sensibility comes from but he's also really into like top 40 music so he has like a um, like a pop sensibility I guess you could say mm -hmm. and, you know CJ is a producer so he um, he records all different kinds of music and a lot of times it's not like his choice as to what kind of music it is it's like cool. whatever yeah. the clients are writing Right. And um, but he also has like an eclectic, weird taste. Like he's into that poppy artist and like um, he's into some country and like um, and then like our drummer, Austin, like he's got his own tastes that are like unlike anybody else in the band. So I think that like it's like a combination of the fact that we're all over the place musically and we, we all kind of want to like like uh we, we all want everybody to be stoked about the songs we're making you know so like yeah. we try to allow everybody to have something in the music that makes them feel like it's theirs and i think that that's where some of the the craziness comes from because we're not all into the same stuff so sometimes we end up just putting together some things that like none of us would have thought of individually you know yeah that's awesome i love Pause. i love that mix what's that pause pause i'm pausing pause Sorry. i gotta pee so i could bad. i could talk to you about this forever so no uh, so we're gonna we're gonna pause the and we're gonna edit we're gonna pause because i gotta pee because he's gotta, gotta pee, pee. So hell yeah he's unprofessional <laughs> <laughs> so no that's pretty awesome i'm i'm uh i'm definitely a fan of that i've always tried to um 
kind of incorporate different styles as much as I can into the music that I'm writing as well. Um, which is, which is tough sometimes to kind of make it fit and to make it work. Totally. And one thing That's I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. It's like, it's like, okay, how do I not abandon this whole thing that I have going because I wanted to put this, um, because I wanted to put this keyboard part in or because yeah. I wanted to put this, this, uh, funk part in the middle. I wanted to put a funk breakdown in this song. How do I make that work and not fucking ruin the song? <laughs> totally. It's like a tightrope. The progression ball. makes me want to go there. So no, that's pretty awesome. I'm I'm uh, I'm definitely a fan of that. I've always tried to um, kind of incorporate different styles as much as I can into the music that I'm writing as well, um, which is which is tough sometimes to kind of make it fit and to make it work. Totally. And one that's thing I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. It's like it's like okay, how do I not abandon this whole thing that i have going because i wanted to put this um because i wanted to put this keyboard part in or because yeah. i wanted to put this this uh funk part in the middle i wanted to put a funk breakdown in this song how do i make that work and not fucking ruin the song totally it's like a tight <laughs> because rope, tight the progression rope. makes me want to go there but fucking it's weird i know, you know exactly so. what you mean and it's just like when the music just kind of like takes you there you yeah want, you want to be able to like like when it makes you feel something, you want to, you want to, like, you have to. Yeah. And you want other people to feel that too. Like the way that right. you feel it. But sometimes I feel like some of it's production. Some of it's like, you know, we're not there on our musical journeys yet. Or like our prowess right. isn't quite like matriculated completely. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, uh, Sometimes I feel like it's effortless and it just happens and I'm like, fuck yeah. That's the like, best, crap. right? Yeah. Oh but other times I'm like, man, I want to make something like that. And I just, oh, I, like, know. I can't, I can't. I, get there. I, I often try and shove that like square peg in the round hole where I'm just like, no, this is going to fucking work. Yeah. I'm going to make it fucking work. But I, then there's I those times that. where it's like, it immediately happens and you're like, dude, this is the shit right now. This totally. is the best ever. I actually had one of my homies over earlier and he's getting into recording. He's an amazing singer. He actually sang on some of our demos like before John was in the band, like way, way, way back in the band. Long time friend. Nice. Um, and he, he plays in this cover band that's really sick. They they get paid lots of money to play casinos and shit. Super yeah, that's dope. what cover bands do. Cover bands do, man. But he's trying to do more recording and stuff like that. And um, he was asking me about Ableton today. And I just like, you know, I opened up a session and, um, he was just like, well, how, how's it work? And blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, I opened it up and I just started going on splice and clicking samples. And there was this 808. And he's like, ooh, I like that. And I, right. I just like <laughs> pulled it in and I just made it like a boom, 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 or some stupid thing. And then I dropped a drum sample over it. And uh, it was like, you know, a semblance of a beat going on. And uh, he was just like, wow, that's so sick. And you just did that in like three minutes. And I was just like, damn i just did that in three minutes and like <laughs> it, it was just because i wasn't thinking about it like he was asking me about the program he's like how's it work so i was like oh right. i'll show you and it just happened but sometimes i open shit and i'll just like stare at it or play samples forever and i never find something that uh dude i find that i find that with him all the time because i've i grew up as a i was a fan of like punk bands and came up in that scene and everything so for me everything 
was literally like four instruments, put a mic in the room and fucking beat shit up. Right. And that was <laughs> it. You know, can you so, hear everything? Sweet. Yeah. Right. Good. We're good. You know? And, um, and so when it came time to like record, I started to learn about all these other things like, okay, let's put keyboards in this, put that in this, because I'm a fan of, you know, I'm a huge fan of like things like cheap trick. So yeah. I love all those harmonies and I love all those keyboards and I'm a fan of He's like layers guy. music and I'm, I'm definitely a layers guy. I love all those overdubs and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, the sex pistols with a, a sensibility of like, Oh, let's put like 25 layers of guitars and keyboards on top of it and stuff like that. So I've always had that, but I've never been able to sit down with, a like a um like a DAW and a system and stuff and kind of figure it out. That's sure. kind of foreign to me. It's like give me a guitar and I can bang it out. Give me a bass and I can figure something out. Let me sing and I can do it. And so I find with him all the time working with him, it's been like, how do you do this? And he's in five minutes, he's got something that's like super fucking cool. And I'm like, how? What? How did even? What did you even do? Well, it's like, oh, man, I just do it here. You should download this and you should buy this. And I download it and buy it. And then he's like, oh, no, I moved on to another thing. And I'm like, you fucking dick. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. So so a little little backstory with that. So I was on I was on a a PC and I was I was into um, Reaper. Mm -hmm. Super like. Buried it over this, by the way. Yeah, we we still use Reaper for our live. backtracks and stuff yeah that's what we're yeah. using right now I'm, I'm doing them for live sessions and and kind of like tracking I'm, mm-hmm. I'm using it because fucking steven slate drums doesn't work on anything else yeah. anymore <laughs> right because of the os uh upgrade oh uh, yeah <sighs> assholes anyway so uh and i'm, I'm talking about apple not not ssd no, i love not SSD. a sponsor um <laughs> apple's not a sponsor either they're never going to be a sponsor uh, but yeah, like, so, so I started with Reaper and it's, it's bare bones down and dirty. It does what you got to do. And, yeah. and, and I told him about it and what was awesome about it with PC is that it, you could get free plugins and free, uh, virtual instruments yeah. anywhere, like right. just downloaded, it. just like tons and tons of it. And they'll and, all work with Reaper. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I loved that. I loved that so much for the last two years of the 10 years that that computer worked. <laughs> because somehow I had a fucking PC that worked for eight, eight or nine years, right? Um, doing like recording and uh, like uh, video editing stuff and all sorts of shit stuff. So I was like, you know what? I I've got a, a Mac. I, I might as well just like change over to Mac and stuff. And I was just trained on, on Reaper mm-hmm. and we started writing together and he's like, so how do you do all this stuff? And I told him, uh, I was using addictive drums. He was telling me for like, uh, about a year where he, he was like, just download some stuff and learn how to use it, please. Just for the sake of, you and your brain yeah just just for do your it. health right and so i finally did it and he was like oh no i'm on different stuff now right I'm because like, you because dick it, because <laughs> because it took him over a year to do it and then right. and then i was like i want to continue to do like all sorts of fun keyboard stuff so i went to logic because you know 
logic. And right I'm not. I, you brought up Ableton. It's uh, man. I, I had Ableton for a little while, and it's just so daunting. I don't <laughs> like tracking on it. I I used to be the same way. I I'm actually like I was on Logic for like ten years, but uh, I started using Ableton like two years ago. And for a while, I was the same way. I'd produce in Ableton, but then I would like record vocals and stuff in Logic. And yeah. I, fi- I finally got over it. And and now I love tracking in Ableton. Um, it took me a while to get used to it, but now I don't think you could get me to go back to anything. So you okay. know what's you know what's going to happen now is like I was this close to going to Logic. And I'm going to do it. And once I do it, he's going to be like, oh, I switched to Ableton. And I'm going to be like, he's fucking dick. Well, the good thing is if you're on like Logic or Ableton, I really even right. not Ableton so much. But I mean, for like electronic producing, Ableton is where right. it's at. But like Logic, Pro Tools, like Cubase, if you use one of those, like it doesn't. It's all, it's yeah, legit. it all kind of yeah. works together. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that, that, that was that was what happened. He right. He he took a while to get to me. And then I, I was using a Mac for so long that I was like, mm, maybe I should use the thing that works with Mac. Sure. Well, and, and, and like, and like you said, so again, you know, rivals again, they brought a lot of instru- like electronic instruments into their, uh, their music and stuff. And that inspired me to be like, yeah, this, this stuff is cool. Yeah, so that's that. a good jumping back into the podcast uh, point after we took a break, which uh, none of you that are listening would have known if I hadn't have brought it up just now that we took a break. <laughs> so that edit point has just happened seamlessly. Yeah. But yeah, seamless. seamless. I try to make sure that anything that should be seamless is not. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be the like seam. <laughs> I like to be the seam in life. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, okay? So so tour story what's uh oh man what's what is the most what is <laughs> oh, the smallest man. bottle you've tried to pee in on the road oh man i see i i can't say that i've personally ever pissed in a bottle no on I, tour wow okay no nah, really? but i i did fill in for it lives it breathes uh for a couple tours and all of them pissed in bottles. In fact, they piss in bottles so frequently that they have anxiety when they're home and they have to piss in bottles when they're at home. Oh, wow. I imagine that's that a, by now they're probably. Thing. Yeah, it's super weird. They'll just like be like, we'll be like going to bars and stuff and they'll like go out to the van and like piss in a bottle instead of like <laughs> going to the bathroom. I'm just like, man, y'all are weird. We we did it. Um, I I actually, when we were touring, when we were doing our our like our most touring you know like when it was more like often um i was uh i i basically moved into the van because i'm not from new york so i kind of lived i I lived in the van and i lived in our rehearsal studio and i was like all right well i'm handling the business so i'll do this and this and that that way i can kind of make these things work and i don't have to work 10 jobs to pay rent so um so we would go on tour, but my but but our our rule for being on the road was like you don't stop unless you need to get gas because we need to get somewhere. Right. Right. So That's my like, rule too. Yeah. So so if someone's got to pee, uh, sorry, figure it out. <laughs> like figure it out, man. Like we're not stopping until we got to get gas. Uh, if I could, I would switch drivers while moving and have, <laughs> and 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 you just make things work. Yeah, that's how I am too. I'm well, listen, like, let's, go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's yeah, go. Yeah, man, you got to get there. You got to get yeah. there. I love touring. Don't get me wrong. I love being anything on the road. I love, I love, uh, you know, I love a windshield in front of me. That's my favorite kind of window to look out of. Um, 
I, I love anything about being on the road. Totally. But man, you got to get to the club. You got to get there. Well, yeah. my, my <laughs> issue, I can I can drive for hours and hours, but because I'm home, right? I'm very relaxed. Yeah, so I, I feel that. When I'm on on the road, I can drive forever. But when I'm here, I'm like, oh, I have to drive 20 minutes. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, yeah, I feel that too. It, feel. Like with takeout, with takeout with with uh, with my wife is she's like, oh, man, you know, I, I really want this from this place. It's like th there's a really good Chinese food place like 15 minutes from here. And I'm like, nah, that's too far. DoorDash. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to so pay seventy five dollars for a twenty five dollar. <laughs> Come on, hey man, convenience. If I if I have an if I have an addiction, it's probably convenience. Delivering, yeah, convenience. I'm gonna go with that. I'm addicted to convenience. Right. Okay. If I have an addiction, it's definitely convenience. I can I can definitely appreciate that. So in Tulsa, what's the uh, what's the food scene like? I've heard good things. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that's holding me back from going to Tulsa. I don't know about the food stuff. It's pretty awesome, actually. Um, yeah. There's a lot of good food in Tulsa, and I'm kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a picky eater by any means, but I, I do like enjoy quality food, and I don't like eating like like garbage food. I feel like, you know, garbage like in, camel garbage jerky. Out. Yeah, <laughs> like fuck camel jerky. <laughs> um, but like, there's honestly, there's a lot of like restaurateurs here that own like multiple. Uh, different kinds of restaurants different genres of restaurant um man there's some really good food here great barbecue here um okay i'm all about the barbecue yeah we're, we're definitely in it for the barbecue I, I have a smoker outside like yeah. we we try and make things happen. what's what's your guys um touring uh diet like oh. what's what's your because every band's got kind of a different thing <laughs> Right, we, like we try to do Chipotle as often as possible. Chipotle is uh, a great one. Yeah, we. Uh, I worked for Chipotle for like seven years, and a couple of our other members worked for Chipotle for a number of years, and we we just kind of know it inside out, and we know like right. for the money. That's like even though like some bands would probably be like, oh, it's expensive. It's like for the quality of food versus like some processed bullshit you get at Taco Bell. Like it's Dude, it's a pretty good bang for your buck. They don't right. have a freezer. Yeah, no, that's just a refrigerator. So, Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And everything's chopped up every day and like it's yeah. actually fresh. So walks extra, but they got the best guac. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, ugh, man, it's worth it. It's worth it. All right. So, so if you can't find a Chipotle, um, cause I've seen few Chipotles on the road. Sure. I it's see a getting lot of, better these days, but yeah. It is. It is. I've seen a lot of Waffle Houses, which I yeah. love. I love, I love a good Waffle House. That's a good like yeah, 3 a.m. I love a good Waffle House, but yeah. man, I've got some stories about Waffle House. Dude, there's some bad ones. There's some bad there's ones. Bad. Not there's not as many as uh, bad IHOP stories, but That's definitely bad sure. ones. Dude, you know what though? IHOP, fuck IHOP, IHOP, at <laughs> least, fuck IHOP, indeed. I'm with you. At least has some boysenberry syrup. <laughs> yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. As if it's real. Uh, it's not boysenberry it's just, syrup. It's, it's not real. Just crazy. I I don't know. Like it's like. It, even if you're lucky and the service is good at an IHOP, the food is never like it's always just like tolerable no. at best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like day old Denny's. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, Waffle House is pretty gross too, but like I appreciate that they own their grossness. <laughs> at least, they at least I can it, watch them cook it, and they throw <laughs> hash browns on it. Yeah, dude, I own. I I appreciate that, and they have biscuits and gravy, which I can I can always get down. Biscuits on. and gravy are, are that's our jam. By the way, I'm with it. 
but yeah, when we like, I know when we're on tour, it's like, um, other than stopping and getting a place, which we will look for a Chipotle. That's one of the, sure. that's one of the top spots. Uh, Waffle house is another one. Um, our guitar player, for some reason, man, he absolutely loves sheets. Wawa he is loves way sheets. better than sheets. Fuck. He sheets. loves sheets. I'm going to go man. on the record here. I don't even say fuck sheets. <laughs> Wawa. All I way. feel like they're the same shit. Yeah. I mean, if I have to eat one of them, um, I would probably prefer Wawa. Um, right. But I'm I've like toured enough now where I'm just like I'm completely over the whole sheets of Wawa thing. Like back in the day, like we we would be, see our first sheets on tour, and we'd be like, "Fuck yeah, shit!" Right, right. So we'd, be, we'd be all stoked, and then we'd hit a fucking uh, uh, we hit the other one like the same day or like the next day, and we'd <laughs> like and but by the say like you know we'd be stoked when we get on the tour but by the end of the tour we're just like oh let's not stop there yeah, <laughs> what is it what is it really you can order well, a fast food shitty meal on a screen right that's it no well you know what like oh it's just a touch button wawa cool. wawa first off they have great coffee he's okay. not a, he's not a hot coffee guy i'm, not a hot I'm coffee all guy. about like coffee coffee they've got good they've got good coffee like if you're out on the road and you need some coffee wawa over everything are you a coffee guy i am but uh really acidic coffee like tends to like bother me me too um, I'm, a, I'm a cold brew person because of that i typically drink like nitro cold brew or cold yep. brew but yeah. i i do like like good drip coffee but it's got to be like a pour over or like a like a fucking bougie coffee shop or something because oh, gas station you're precious coffee. look at you I am, precious. The, the it's just the the acidity just fucks me up and i, and I, I do i, I get you all day yeah 100 i get it i get it uh i'm not that i'm not as precious as you guys yeah. but, i can't but i can't I, eat a lot on the road i i'm i'm yeah. like a i'm like a fucking bag of almonds guy yeah and like well a, my and like a quest bar guy my issue is I, I can't do it i can i i like when i'm on the road when we're on the road i'm like a one meal a day person um and nine times out of ten it's whatever the bar is giving me which sucks because it's worse because i'm also a singer so it's like we get to the bar and they're like we got pizza for you and i'm like Jeez, great, great. <laughs> cool <laughs> that'll yeah. be that'll yeah. be awful <laughs> my problem <laughs> is that is that uh especially when i started screaming is I can't eat like eight hours before a show. Yeah, I feel that. Right. Yeah, because I, I'm anxious. Yeah, I I actually I I was because uh, you know at the time I was a very active singer when this particular incident happened, and I I wasn't drinking because I was I was underage and like not drinking because I was not allowed to. But that's why at the bar at the at the bar I couldn't. Okay. Well, you know why? Because your fucking singer Phil he wouldn't serve me. That's uh, why. Okay. But at any rate, it I wasn't actually, my singer at the time, so I can't, you can't blame me for that shit. No, no, no. I'm going to blame you. I'm going to blame you. So, uh, yeah, I climbed up on a, uh, on just a, the, a kick drum and I came back down and it just jumbled everything in my stomach and I puked on the drum kit oh, no. while oh. we were playing. Oh. AJ, AJ was there. AJ was playing the drums at that time. My, my current drummer right now. This is like, like, is this your worst? Ago. Is this your Did worst you on stage experience? Yeah, yeah. Did you imagine if this happened too? today? No, everybody yes. would just like evacuate the building. I can imagine oh my God. what happens to him today. I can't. I hope it does. I can't. It was. It was oh all out my nose. Oh no! So so now now anytime we play a show together, he's gonna be like, "Hey, you want something?" Yeah, I always do. Uh, 
do you do you have any what's your worst uh what's your worst on stage experience oh shit <laughs> um i have twice broken an ankle on stage oh and man that, and not known that it had happened i mean like right. it hurt really bad but i wasn't like i had so much adrenaline going that i was like oh yeah. i just like stretched it or sprained were you, were you it. singing or playing what did bass? you playing bass and i was like we're jumping doing like synchronized jumps and stupid right, yeah. shit like oh man yeah i just remember it being broken and like i had like a moment where i was just like you know like just kind of like gathering myself and then i got back up and and i and i kept playing but i just remember like i kept boom 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 <laughs> and i kind of like shifted to my right ankle and like took right. some of the, the bombardment off but you became yeah, a pogo yeah, I fucked myself up like tw twice. I've done that, and um, I can't think of anything worse that's happened. Like, there's definitely been like that's pretty awful, crazy, no, <laughs> crazy, embarrassing like technical things that have happened, or um, you know, we've had like we've been in the middle of venues where it's been like a hundred degrees, and our laptop is just like <laughs> glitching on us. <laughs> and and we're just like, I remember one time we were playing in Iowa and. Our laptop kept overheating, and like we tried playing a song four times, and we would oh, wow. get we would get like, and the crowd was into it. Like we were just like, yo, we're, like we don't know what's going on. Our computer is fucking up. People and, are very forgiving. Yeah, but we were really upfront with them. We we're like, yeah, we're gonna try this again, and and like we, after two times, we we're like, oh fuck this. But the crowd was like, no, try it again. <laughs> 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 we tried it two more times and it was just like oh i was just like so just devastated and we get off stage and of course everybody's like you guys are awesome we love right, it right. and we're just like oh my god i hate myself i just want to die well, it's now. it's funny man because people uh, people appreciate real shit yeah you know what i mean so like i i one of the main reasons honestly that i have um in in whatever bands i've been in have always kind of been anti tracks and things like that i'm all for them on our records sure I'm, I'm like yeah put everything on the record but i've always been hesitant to do anything like that live is because i was like i never want to be in a situation where if if a laptop goes down we can't play sure you know i want to make sure that no matter what we can you know or or if if we have a song that's dependent on tracks i want to have a option version b that we can method. do as yeah. a four-piece band you know yeah, that's, um, that's how weird. have you like how have you guys found that like has that how, as far as like how many times has that been an issue ha, is that an issue what's um, your plan b do you have like your ways we, around set up and ready to go sure um we've had a couple instances where like the drummer gets off or the track gets off or something happens and uh, typically our, our guitar player, CJ, that like does all of our tracks and stuff, mm -hmm. he's he's usually the first one to notice that something is off, like in the monitors. And we'll like say we're playing in a, like a, a verse or something and it's got like some synth pad or something that's just right. like whole, whole notes or half notes or something. And he hears that like the wrong note is hitting, like you know, like or beat off or half beat off or some shit right. like that. Um, he'll stop the track, and we'll keep playing because we know to keep playing. 
but like they'll inevitably be like a big track part that comes back in, you know, like that's kind of how our, our music has empirically worked. And yeah, um, man, he'll just play fucking DJ press play and he'll have <laughs> it. He'll have it lined up on the grid and he'll just like, you'll see him. He'll, he'll like, he'll be all like still and we're weak. And, and like the, you know, maybe there'll be like a quarter second delay or something. But right. Like right. It, yeah. it comes back in and, um, we've had a couple times where we've just had to kind of like uh, play through shit that we norm like we play like whole chords and stuff instead of like the piano yeah. that would be in a place or, um, you know, um, we had one time we were in Japan and we had my laptop in, in my backpack and we were all crammed in this little van and we had all our bags like pushed to the sides and stuff and we get to the venue and our drummer opens the the back door and my backpack just fell to the ground and my oh, no. never came back on again. Oh. And uh, we were all like, fuck, <laughs> like we're in Japan. What the fuck? Right, yeah. Like how do we, what happens? Uh, so they, they took us to the Apple store and of course they couldn't help us on short notice. And Because um, they're geniuses. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, there's probably a little bit of a language barrier too <laughs> yeah uh, but uh anyway um you know our our drummer nick he uh, at the time he he had like his computer that he brought with him and we found the dropbox folder that had our our tracks and we wow. downloaded the drivers for an inter- interface and we were able to like just switch gears and use a pc for the rest of the tour but Wow, uh, just kind of gone with it, you know. We've just accepted early on in our, in our sounds that it was a very integral part of our our live, you know, performance. That's cool, and, man. It's cool. It's such a scary thing for, again, like just for someone like me, it's like such a scary thing to look at. But on the on the uh, listener side of it, man, it's so awesome. It's it so awesome. You know, it's it's really um, it changes music. It really yeah. does. And it and it and it can make you feel something when you hear it. It can completely change the dynamic of a song. And I'm super into dynamics. Um, but man, it's such a terrifying thing yeah. for me. It is like to you know, hear it, that it's funny to it's... hear that, but like to hear that you like you you, you did it is awesome. Um, oh, yeah. I'm gonna let him do his thing, and I have another question for you about a language barrier type thing in a second sure. that's totally off the path, but I'm gonna sure. let Yeah, him. so so like my drummer. Um, he and I, we had a lengthy break between being in bands together. And mm-hmm. when when I started writing the record or the the, the singles that we wound up putting out um, for the past couple of years, um, number one was, can you play to a click? And he was like, well, it doesn't matter. I said, no, okay. it does matter. Yes, it yeah. does. It, it absolutely cool. matters because <laughs> I'm putting electronic stuff to it. So you're going to play to a click. And um that's the one thing I've always been. And, and like he was saying, like to, to his point is it's something I'm always super conscious of. It's like, fuck, like you <laughs> need to like get on your shit, man. Cause, cause as I got into it, into more of the, you know, adding electronics and stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that whole di- dichotomy where, where you're just like, okay, well that's it. Yeah. That's it. You've ruined the song. You've effectively <laughs> ruined this song. I'm, I'm so into it, and I so am inspired by it, and I want to add it to my I ju- music. I just in think such I... a bad way, and I love listening to it. And every band that does it, like I'm just like, fuck, that's so cool. And then when it comes to me doing it, I'm just like, 
I think it just comes down to it's it, it comes down to having a plan B where where you know like sometimes you do need to like I know a lot of the newer stuff will definitely be harder to do without those backing tracks and 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 things of that nature but like I feel like there we do have rehearsals where we don't play it like right. we don't have sure that stuff going on and and you're like okay well I don't feel like setting up the laptop oh well I we do uh we go simple we do a um a tablet Mm-hmm. and and you just pop the track in go for it or if you have you know an interlude between songs you just boop yeah and you're good um so yeah we we do have those where i just get lazy and i'm like i'm not setting this shit up for you because my drummer can't my my drummer can't set it up he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing right and he's like oh i'm like well fine we're just gonna play it yeah so yeah i mean sometimes and sometimes it's even better when you just kind of do like because i do that all the time in one of our songs we just have this break where where it's just like a like a arpeggiated synth and i just kind of sing it yeah and and if that's plan b (laughs) at least you get some laughs plan b is you vocally going that's your plan b that should be like plan d you should have like at least two in between like how it's supposed to be, and that there should be two other things. Oh well, I'm just saying, work on that. Yeah, I'll work on that. Well, we'll work on it. We'll work on it, and we'll get back to you. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to ask you, and, and like we're we're totally over our normal time here, and I appreciate you okay. hanging out with us for yeah. so long. I really do. Um, but because you were talking about being in Japan and there being a language barrier, I I have um, one thing I wanted to ask you because I experienced it. Um, two fun things my band toured china and so we had like oh, a, yeah. a, a similar thing and uh and it was one thing where one of our people that was with us that was our translators and kind of our guide throughout china um i i had asked him to give me a few phrases to say to crowds yeah and the one he gave me was uh well anima and so every night I was like, well, anima. And he told me that it means like, we love you guys. And I was like, oh, that's fucking perfect. That's exactly what I want to say. Yeah. You know, like I was like, thank you. Well, anima. And every time I did it, they just kind of like got quieter and just looked at me. Oh, I was like, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> What's happening here? And so uh, it was like the third uh, show that I said it and I didn't get a response and I kind of looked to my left and I saw him and he was laughing his ass off on the side of the stage. And I was like, son of a bitch. God damn it. Like I should have known, I should have known this was going to happen. And so after the show, I went and asked him and I was like, what am I saying? What am I saying to people every night? What do you have me saying to people? And he was like, well, anima, it means I love your mom. Oh my God. (laughs) So, so at the yeah. end of every show, or multiple times throughout the show, I was like, I love your mom. Fuck yeah. I love right? that. So that was one of the things. So I'm wondering if you had anybody mess with you guys in that way. And then um, the other way of having that language barrier type thing was wow. like, because you said you had to have something done. We had like the very first show that we went to, uh, we had set it up to where we went there. We didn't bring 
like we brought guitars with us, we brought pedal boards with us, and that's it. Yeah. Our drummer brought his snare and pedals, and that was it. Everything yeah. else was set up. And the very first show we went to, there's no cymbals. Oh shit. <laughs> and we're like, um, we need somebody. <laughs> Yeah, to but. to get symbols for this show because we don't have any, yeah. and so we were trying to like talk to somebody about like symbols, and we're trying to like be like, okay, we in an hour we need symbols, <laughs> we need symbols for we play in an hour, we need this happen now, um, and and that was a big language barrier thing because for some reason like we couldn't figure out how to communicate symbols, so what's uh if there was anything while you guys were there <laughs> yeah exactly it was like these these ones <laughs> <laughs> or just being like, <laughs> like did you did you have anything where anybody messed with you uh, because of that and what was your if it wasn't the apple store thing was there any kind of weird like how do we communicate this because we need it to get done Huh. Um fuck. I'm trying to think. I, I can't really recall any anybody really messing with us. Oh, you're um, so lucky. <laughs> we we had like a tour manager kind of guy too, but his English wasn't like great. It was better than our Japanese. <laughs> right. But right. like he, he could only speak English marginally better than we could speak Japanese. <laughs> so like um I don't know. Japan was just really cool because all of the people are so friendly that like, even if you don't understand anything, they're just like, <laughs> like they're just oh, super dude. smiley and happy. And you yep. can say, Konnichiwa. China was the, China yeah. was the same way. You yeah. can say hi to anybody on the side of the road and they'll stop and say hi to you. Even if they don't know you, like they don't just assume that you're like going to like murder them or like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, it, it's, it was pretty wild. Um, and what was the second question? I'm sorry. Uh, well, no, I was wondering if anybody messed with you. And then on the other hand, was there anything that was like, like you, the experience you had with the Apple store where it was like, oh, you yeah. needed to communicate with somebody, but you couldn't like, there was just something that was like, how do we get this across? Man, I'm sure there were like little things every day. Yeah. Uh, and of course, like some of our guys are like, want to be comedians and you know they're oh. just like asking questions all day We're musicians long. of course we are <laughs> for <laughs> sure um but i can't recall like the the apple store thing was probably the most like nice trialing and tribulating thing that we had to deal with i'll, I'll tell you i may i may want to be a comedian and uh every single bathroom that i walked into uh knowing full well that every other country except america most people know multiple languages, right? Like we're lazy as shit. And we know like one and we're like, speak Amer American. You yep. know, it's like, that's not a language. Um, but so every, every bathroom I went into, I said two things, every single bathroom. I walked in and I said, Hey, anybody need a hand? <laughs> and, and anybody I was next to, I said, Sweet dick, bro. <laughs> it was different times. <laughs> Every single time. And uh, I mean, my band, like we're, we're fluent in sweet dick, bro. We do that everywhere we go. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I did it knowing full well that like they knew full well what I was saying <laughs> and all, they could just look at me and be like, what an asshole. Oh, 
I don't know why, but that just sort of made me laugh. <laughs> this time we were we we're playing in uh, Amsterdam, and we were just like driving to Amsterdam. So we're at this right. like gas station in the middle of nowhere on the highway, and like everybody goes into the gas station to use the bathroom, and that was their first experience having to pay to use the restroom. Yes. <laughs> So like we're all outside of the van and we're like talking about like what the fuck like we have to pay to use the restroom like what a bunch of shit like that's bullshit <laughs> and we like look next to us and there's this guy in like a sprinter van like in the front seat and we're just like oh there's a guy there and we just like keep talking and we're just like that guy is still there um <laughs> and we kind of like look, look and get like a closer look at him and we realized that he's not wearing a shirt. And we're like, it's kind of weird. It's really cold outside. <laughs> um, and uh, we're... <laughs> I'll just wrap the story short. The the dude was naked. And he was like... That's amazing. Turning off in the front seat of the van, like, looking at us. and To you guys. Yeah. So so we, <laughs> we got back in the van and we left very quickly. So... Wow. So... But also, I mean, compliment clearly right yeah. right maybe right. i don't know maybe right like i mean come on <laughs> like that's kind no of no matter how you feel about it that's a compliment <laughs> <laughs> somebody was like these guys this is my day oh right now <laughs> oh man i uh that's... yeah yeah i think that's amazing i think it's amazing yeah um I... I I'm, encourage I encourage you uh, next time you're in a restroom with your band members. Yeah, just um, three words that that just never f- feel or sound right together, but also sound so right. Sweet dick, bro. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It it's throws a great way everyone to make off. People feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it throws about everyone off. Anybody. Yeah, I can see that. It's, I I used it fantastic. as a groomsman in a uh, in a, a wedding before. Yeah. If I have a band member at a urinal, I'll go up and whisper it in his ear. Every time, <laughs> every oh time. He's he's told me that before. He's also punched me in the stomach after telling me, "No, no, no, we need to take this last shot of Jameson." Yeah. Sometimes, so, sometimes you need that extra. I'm punch. an asshole. Any, any, like as I took the shot, he just. But then, then he was like, "Sweet dick, bro," and I was like, "Well, thanks." Makes everything better. Thanks. <laughs> cool. It is a compliment. No matter what you say, if you. You just walk up to someone random in the bathroom and you're like, sweet dick, bro. And they're like, thanks. You yeah. say you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime, man. <laughs> you go, you got it. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> you have a good one. <laughs> Enjoy, you know, and you know what? You you walk away feeling good about yourself because you're like, what a nice guy. <laughs> you just made somebody's day. You know what we need to do? Right now, yes, we need to do. We're we're like over an hour, so it I it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't but, feel like it is. We could talk to you forever, and I don't know how long you want to stay on, but like, but we this could turn this. into two episodes. But <laughs> we do need to. Uh, we do need to feed sponsors. our sponsor. <laughs> Let's do it. So, uh, we have a sponsor. Uh, they are Poddex. Poddex dot com, and what they are is they are a company that puts out kind of like a, a deck of cards, and those deck of cards have a number of things on them, like. Uh, podcast um, 
like questions that you can do to interviews. You can do topics to talk about. You can do a topic for the whole episode. Yeah, for interview for people, questions. For any of you that are like so new, for people who don't have verbal diarrhea like us. Yeah, it's great for you. <laughs> it's that's excellent. That's really cool. It is really cool. Like if you've it's, ever played uh, the game Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's kind of exactly it's what it kind of like that, which is awesome. And if you Very go to cool. poddecks.com, it's actually like I, I got a couple decks um, and they were delivered to me when I was heading home for the holidays and I was hanging out with my family and stuff. And I just kind of took them out and we just asked each other the questions just because it was fun. Just yeah. it was like a fun thing. Um, so it's it's not just for podcasters. It's like a cool thing to do anyway. If you are interested in any of that at all, anybody that's listening, if you go to poddex.com and you want to get a set of them, uh, you can put in the promo code BACON. Because everything is better th- with bacon. Yeah, and you get 10% off your order. So right now, we're going to do the Poddex question of the evening. So Skaggs, we, we've, got, we've got five different decks here. We've got the interview deck edition two we've got the i'm gonna pour uh, whiskey well, would you asking. rather deck we've got the interview deck one we're gonna skip over the episode deck because we in case we need a reason to have a podcast we yeah we're like to, in an episode so yeah. we're good yeah so uh and then we have the what the heck deck so which can sir, be anything which deck well, would you I'm, like to or I'm what's your favorite color deck. Obviously, what the heck deck? What the heck deck, man? Okay. So I'm going to grab this. I'm going to grab this what the heck deck. Uh, What I'm going to do right now is because it's a long running joke on the show. Is I'm going to hand this to Jim so he can try and I can't uh, shuffle. He can shuffle. I can't shuffle. He lived in Vegas and I lived in Vegas. I lived in Vegas for a year. I did too. Did you really? Oh, no. Only a year. Night. When me too. When did you live there? <laughs> uh, 2019. I got 2018 to 2019. Okay. All right. I was there in 2000, maybe 15. Nice, nice. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we went there though in yeah, what yeah. 2019. I um I worked at Caesar's Palace as a uh, as a bartender. And I'm I not cannot, a shuffler. I cannot shuffle at all. Um, while you were there, how did you pretending. get good at shuffling? See, no. Real quick, you see how he's pretending he's going to shuffle? Sound yeah, pretending? I like it. That was solid. That was not solid. That was that for was all, better for than all, for all our ASMR people. Oh, that was actually better than that was better than any of the other shuffles you've done. Well, you know what? I'm I'm better than the one you showed Mark Marrow. I'm I'm going to actually get good at shuffling. That's one of my goals in the next six months. Uh, I'm going to do online courses and learn how to do it. Like, and I'm going to learn like that. I'm going to be like, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you know either. And just one day I'm going to come in here. And you're going to be like, Jim sucks at shuffling. I'm going to be like, ah, I do. And I'm going to do like the magician shuffle. I love it. Thanks for the heads up. But I barely shuffled. And there you go. I've just so bent cool. all the cards terribly. Oh, like usually, usually he just like pushes them together. Like, <sighs> Just like yeah. wads like, them up. I, I, dude, I crow magnon just shove them together. They're they're two solid bars of soap to me. I just put them on the other side yeah. of each other. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shuffle this one more time, and then Skags, I'm gonna come up to the camera. I'm going to run my finger across the cards, and then you're going to decide which card. Uh, what what did you do as a job when you lived in Vegas? In Vegas, uh, I yeah. was in a DJ group. And uh, 
Nice. I played, I played shows in a DJ group. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. I like the punk scene in Vegas. I really do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The venue we didn't go to? Yeah. <laughs> there were a number we didn't go to. No, well, I mean like the good ones. Um, we I'll think about it. You you okay. do this. All, right. All right, ready? So you tell me when to stop, bud. Stop. That's it. There we go. That's the one. That's the one. Out of the what the heck deck. What Guinness world record do you think you could break in the future? Oh, man. Um, there's probably a couple, honestly. Oh, well, share them. Uh, all share right. Them. Well, give us give us two then. Um, I could probably outbalance anyone on a on a balance board. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you I, balanced? Is that how you work out? Is that a workout thing? No, I've just had one for like many years and it's just kind of been like a little pastime i do every once in a while i kind of get in and out of it sometimes but nice uh, it's one of those things that i could pretty much do it as long as like my attention span is um so like uh sometimes i usually just get bored and, and stop writing it but like so I, what's I, your what's the balance board on is it one of the ones with like the um like the ball underneath or is it one of the ones with the small cylinder things underneath it's a cylinder nice i have one with the ball underneath I, I haven't graduated to the cylinder yet, but I try and do I try and do like ten minutes yeah. on it, and I'll try and like read through my like I'll go through Twitter and I'll go through like the news and stuff like that and try and do ten minutes a day, trying to do that. But that's awesome, man. That's that's. <laughs> were you a skater or anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, okay. I'm more of a bicycle rider. I did a lot of racing and stuff when I was a kid. Did you? Nice. Oh, I did BMX yeah. actually. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Did you do uh, you do ramps and stuff? Like yeah, I did. Well, I did like a BMX racing, like a, I did ABA stuff for a while. And, oh, dude, uh, that's excellent. And then I, I did like a little bit of riding on on parks and stuff. But I was more like dirt riding, not not like ramp riding. Dude, that's so cool. I I did. Um, I never did any races, and I never did any like like track riding or anything like that. But I I would go to um I would go to places and do like half pipes and stuff yeah, with. Totally. Uh, I had friends that were skaters, and I was just better on a bike. It was me and like one other guy that were better on a bike, and so we would just learn tricks and do stuff on a half pipe. Hell yeah, that's, our, that's awesome, dude. That's fucking that's great. CJ, our guitar player, he likes to get on a, a BMX bike every once in a while and do tricks. He's he was used to be really into it. He was into like Adam No Jumper like long before he was doing hip hop stuff. Right. Nice. Are you are you still are you still good on a on a bike? If you get on a bike, because I yeah, am not. I'm I'm not competitive anymore. <laughs> um, but I ride with my dad a lot. Like we have mountain bikes and we'll go ride. And um, I was gonna say that would be my other Guinness Book thing is I I think I could out I could ride no handed on a bike on for any strength of straight uh straight Wind, winding and everything all right well i mean I, okay I can san ride. francisco so that here, would, here's that would complicate things hills makes it harder i mean i can ride up and down yes. hills but when it's like you know like that yeah, that's, yeah. That's a little when it's story. winding and downhill that's awesome man okay so so one thing that i will say if you decide to go for any because obviously this got your brain racking if you decide to do any of this eventually you got to hit us up no for sure and 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 we'll we'll get we'll go there i'll i'll ride with you we'll ride with you until i can man i'll ride with you until i can't fuck yeah hell yeah man i'll hold the camera until you get really really small really (laughs) really small 
last time right I <laughs> last time I was on a on a on a bike to do tricks, I hurt myself, <laughs> and I think now I would hurt myself worse. But yeah. I do I do like to get on on a uh, on a mountain bike and go through some trails every now and then. Yeah, every I do enjoy that. I'm not as reckless as I used to be. Um, oh, <laughs> I hurt myself a few times too, and now I'm older and I don't want to break bones. So, you know. well, you, yeah, you you hurt yourself playing. You broke your ankle playing bass. So yeah, I can only <laughs> yeah, imagine. Right. I still have some weird bone in my wrist that pops out. I don't know what the hell that's I, from. I that's, that's from that a wipeout uh, on a BMX that happened the night of a show, and I played the show anyway because I didn't want to go to the hospital. So right, right. I just let it I heal. <laughs> yeah, I just let it heal. It still hurts when I touch it, and this is twenty years later. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you know what, man? Anytime I'm around, I will ride with you wherever, yeah. man. If oh, we're yeah. in the same, if we're in the same city and the same state at any time, I ride. will ride with you. <laughs> I'll hold the camera. <laughs> and, and then It'd I'll be drink fun with you anyway. guys I after. Just like to do it. And then I'll buy drinks afterwards. He'll buy drinks <laughs> afterwards for him, not you. He's dick. a guest. You're nobody. Dick. <laughs> what a dick. You and I are like one person, which means that when I buy him drinks, you buy half of them. Man, really? that checks out. Yeah. Right. That sounds. You know, he agreed. That's two out of three. I hate that. Yeah. Well, I know you hate it, but it's it's uh, it's law. I'm math. looking at that math. That math is awful. It's all right. Common core, man. <laughs> oh, fuck common core. We all know that. Anyway. Yes. So so we are we are way past the time. <laughs> the time. We don't have the time. But this is this is a, a long episode. This is a marathon episode for We're our listeners. And you know episode. what? That's fucking awesome because that means that we got along with our guests. Yeah, it means we had a good time. Did you have a good time? I did. I appreciate you guys having me on. Cool. Awesome. We appreciate you coming on. We really do. And um, we want you to come on again. I yeah, like absolutely, it. man. Uh, honestly, I'll hit you up. Just from your first email that I got from you guys, it was just like, I can tell you guys are super excited about what you're doing, and I just want to be a part of it. So I'm, I'm stoked to be yeah, here. Man. Hey, we're all, we're all trying to just make... Uh, we're trying to entertain some people. We're trying yeah. to entertain ourselves, and through that, we're trying to entertain more people. And we're doing that as podcasters now, which is a new thing for us. And but as musicians, for as all musicians, of us, like, as songwriters, you know, people, as people, people want to get into like the head of a songwriter and and like somebody in a band and yeah. stuff like that. And we try and kind of give that to some of our audience because that's that's kind of what yeah. they want. And you guys have and, that context that a lot of people that aren't musicians like don't have. You know, you ask different questions and somebody that like you know that has never written a song before you know right right and 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 again like you know we hope like, so. not to not to bring it not to bring it back to like the beginning but like the fact that you were like you started out as a keyboard player and they were they were like okay we're gonna change you over to bass player and now now here you are you're a front man and that's that's cool as shit to me because i was deathly afraid of a microphone Sure, dude. Me and too. Me too. Like, yeah, me right. too. And like <laughs> all of us were deathly afraid of microphones. And now I'm sure anybody who knows any of us, everybody's we'll like, say that's we, probably can't, our... we can't figure out how to shut them up. People yeah. know us as that now, which is yeah. funny to me. Still, people knowing me as a singer is funny to me. Yeah. 
because I'm it's like, so oh man, I'm a, I'm a guitar connect. player and a songwriter. You know, like, it's so much easier to connect with people though when it's your voice that you know. Like there's it people really that is. Can appreciate musicality and and the arrangement and stuff, but those people are typically musicians or people that just like appreciate music. You know, there's a lot of people that don't consume music in a way where if there isn't a voice to it that they they can relate to, they just kind of lost. You know and yeah, yeah, man. It's a really intimate way to connect with people, so I definitely get that. I mean, I, I, I've been playing music for ten years, and I'm kind of—I feel like—I mean, I'm—I am nobody, but like I'm more well known now since I've been doing vocals for this band than I was the nine years that I wasn't. You know. Well, uh, something that I do want you to do is is hit this guy up and be like, "Yo, this is how you scream, bro." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I've been—I'll take I've any been, point. I've been doing it. I've been doing it for what? What are we on? Like like twelve years? Right. And he's still like, "No, I'm not going to scream." I'll give you a 30 second tutorial right now. It's so right. it's so easy and, and right. people just overthink it like everything else. But let's do it. Let's do so it. And you're just like, ah, ah, that like, ah, ah, that coordination in your voice, like that right. rattly. And I go, ah, that's it. That's it. So it's that, ah, that way you're that that's the coordination. You're just, you're, talking through it so instead of being like ah 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 you're ah ah you know you put that breath behind it your diaphragm a lot of people they try to scream from their throat and they're just like yeah 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 but it it comes from your your stomach you just have to have that ah 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 coordination in in your throat and and once you have that where you're not doing so much like ah like groaniness to it it's more like isolating that like saturated like ah sound and once once you have that it's it's really a counterintuitive thing you're just you're literally just yelling while holding that coordination together not like yelling like yelling at the top of your lungs but like yelling like um, like when you're belting when you're singing, you know, like that right, kind of right. intensity, but it's it's just less on a note and more on that coordination. You've just done something that I haven't been done been able to do in like 15 years. Well, I struggled for fucking ever, dude. Like, I, I mean, I've only recently. Like, I, I, I wish I could have explained. Well, you know, what's, like that. you know, what's funny is that like as a, I, I teach music also. So I teach vocals and I teach guitar. And I teach it to kids and stuff. And I have I have a number of kids that want to learn how to sing aggressively. And um, I know how to sort of explain it. And I know how to walk them through how it feels. Sure. But I don't know how to translate how it feels to my actual singing. Oh, I can, I can do it. I can, I can do, do, that. do it in a warm up. I can do it in a warm up. Sure. I can I can I can get myself there. But it's like when I'm actually singing a song. If for some reason there's this there's this block there, I can do so many other things. Sure. I've I've unlocked a lot of my voice and I can do a lot with it. For me, anyway, like as as far as like I'm concerned, I can do a lot with yeah. it. I'm not trying to be like no, I, I, I feel you. But um, but as far as that aspect of it, it's kind of like when it's there, it's there. When it's not there, it's not there. And I haven't been able to connect the okay, this is my warm up, my, like, I haven't been able to connect that to my singing. Sure. So how did you go about doing that? Uh, Like, cause you, you sing clearly. Um, I've heard, 
uh, you know, I hear your clean voice mm-hmm. and it's very good. Your pitch control is great. You've got a lot of like, you've, you've definitely got some diaphragm compression there that's happening as like, as a vocal te- like teacher and studier of voices. I hear that. Mm-hmm. And I hear you have a lot of, a, a lot of like really good control with your compression and your air. Right. But how do you translate that to that distorted sound and that distorted feel when you're singing versus just doing something like a ah, and doing it in like a warm up or something like that? Um, well, it's two part. Um, the first was realizing that like everything else, it's counterintuitive. It sounds right. really intense and you know, if you're in the studio and you want to put it all out there, like you can put it all out there. But like realistically, when you're on stage, you cannot yell at the top of your lungs for an right. entire set. Like it's just it's really, really hard and it fucks up your voice and that you have to find this happy medium where you can pull off the tone that you're trying to achieve screaming wise, but also not like blow your stack. And because if I if I scream too hard. I'll lose my resonance when I'm mm-hmm. singing and I can't Absolutely. feel the note that I'm singing, which f- fucks me up bad. Well, yeah, uh, your pitch is gone then. Yeah. And then, I, and then I have to do things like sing things an octave higher than I should so I can just hear it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a recipe for disaster and getting too like tied which, up. For all you vocal students out there, or people that are singing, it's an interesting thing because you're relying on your ears a lot. Right. Yeah. And then once you stop relying on your ears, you're relying on feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that Muscle feeling memory. you're relying on is relying on knowing the difference between half steps and whole steps. Exactly. And you're just yeah. kind of working it up. Um, but when you add compression or you add distortion or you add these other things, it adds another feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you do it in the wrong way, it eliminates your other feeling. Right. Right. <laughs> so right? what I've kind of learned to do is all of my, the way that I project all of my screaming is the same way that I, like you would do like singing. Like I do like the, the pencil, like push yeah. back pencil thing. And right. my high notes are 12 o'clock. My mids are three o'clock. Yep. My lows are six o'clock or maybe even seven. If I'm like, did you do the, did you do Melissa cross stuff? I did, yeah, I did. Um, I, I yeah. the pencil thing, man. I took so I took pencil a couple thing lessons. Is, is is key. I took yeah. a couple. <laughs> it really is because like that's what takes you out of singing back yeah. here in your throat and puts you projecting in front of yourself, um, which doesn't take as much effort because when you're singing here, you're trying to get the projection by physically pushing hard enough to project, and right, that, that's really hard and it hurts and it's not good, especially like over a long period of time. But yeah. the second, um, I guess, thing that really helped me click was i heard somebody explain um aggressive vocal styling as the your bridge like in your you know when you're uh, that that right uh, that that in there like your bridge is where your screaming tone comes from so if you're if you're the fact that you're a great singer or that you have experience singing and songwriting could actually aid you in being able to scream because you fundamentally understand where your bridge is. So if you mm-hmm. like now that I'm telling you that if you just kind of like fuck around when you're practicing and stuff and just kind of like uh, you find that comfortable spot and then you just start instead of going like, oh, oh or like yelling or something, you can. Kinda, right. Uh, it's just like it's it takes less energy it takes less projecting and, and it's just like you know you have uh, a natural range to your voice so like your your screaming voice 
falls in line with that wherever the bridge would be in your um in your singing voice be it made that like when you're screaming it's not necessarily like a note but like i said like i'm doing the the pencil thing so like the muscle memory right. is the so same for some placement it's all exactly. placement so it's literally just like the coordination with your with your your uh, the bridge that makes um it different than singing and that making that connection open the door for like all sorts of like kind of like butt rocky like ten like the yeah like kind of kind of like i that. love that term. the I fact used... that the fact that you said that hold on hold on that <laughs> Let's we pause just, for a moment. We just started another episode because <laughs> because this guy is the king of butt rock. Well, no, no. What? I'm the king of butt rock? No, no, you're not. no, no, he's not the king of butt rock. Why would you say that? But but I like I but he he is champion butt rock. I know it is douche rock. He knows that. it is douche rock, yeah. yeah. But I'm the king of douche rock. I know I know what you're gonna throw out there. I know what you're gonna throw out. There. I'm not throwing anything out. No, just, no, no. Go I'm, ahead and throw I'm, it out there. I'm hurt. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised and I'm uh, shocked. He, he knows butt rock, and I'm and I'm hurt. <laughs> he knows douche rock. I know douche rock. Yeah, I didn't know I was he the knows. king of it or the champion of it. No, no, no. You know what? For for one Halloween, he was actually a douche rock guy. Oh yeah, no Halloween, absolutely. Yeah, he, Halloween, he was go full the on man. douche rock guy. You got to commit. Um, <laughs> mainly because i i covered my breaking benjamin tattoo yeah i was gonna say i'm douche rock you have a breaking benjamin tattoo i'm working on i'm working on i don't have a nickelback tattoo i don't have were a nickelback fan I, I no i was not and i do not have look Super at this awesome. photograph as a as a tramp stamp <laughs> yeah well you, you have a breaking benjamin tattoo I'm, i i've been working on getting that covered but the last tattoo it's artist still there the the, the last tattoo artist that looked at it went oh why would you want to cover this up <laughs> no no he he definitely didn't say that he was just like that's super bad placement and i was like yeah i get it that's why i asked now, you now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put it out there that like mike is calling me the the king of butt rock yet mike has a Breaking benjamin tattoo Fine. i'll that be a, the king that of a tattoo rock. artist would butt not rock, I mean. cover up right like i Fine, you can that's call me saying. the king of butt rock. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Until it's coming. He's not going to say it, but like just because I don't, just because I don't scream, doesn't make me a king of butt rock. But but he did have a cold tattoo. I did not. He absolutely <laughs> did. He had that spider from cold. He I had, had sp that for a long time. All right. <laughs> I really extremely but, but he quick. Covered it. Okay. Extremely wait, wait, fast. Wait. He's going to be like, hey. But I covered it by a Batman tattoo. No, that's and not it's like. Well, Batman is awesome. That's so not what I'm gonna say. Forgives the fact that you had. Wow, well, it is awesome. Yes, yes. it's underneath this. Oh, it's underneath right. this. huge. That's all. Awesome. That really is awesome. Right. Yeah. It's you know, no, he's that. got really awesome tattoos. Damn, that that had to hurt right here, dude. Fuck. It, it, it. You know what hurt worse was I have uh, I have venom. I don't know if you can see venom underneath oh, here. Yeah. Damn. Closer. But uh, yeah, like yeah, the inside sucks too. Oh yeah, dude, that's fire. Oh yeah, the ditch is the worst though, dude. Man, I remember right here. Yeah, yeah, dude. So the the smoke from Batman that turns into I have Lady Death covering Spider Man and Deadpool up here because I'm a Marvel nerd. Fuck yeah. But uh, the the worst tattoo ever was this little bit of smoke right right here on the inside of my elbow. 
And I almost, uh, I almost punched my tattoo artist when he was doing it. And he was like, and he, he knew it. He was like, you almost hit me just now. And I go, I, I didn't, that was not on purpose at all. And he was like, no, no, I get it. But I'm just letting you know that I know that you almost hit me right now. And that would have been a mistake for you. And I was like, no, I, I, I'm aware. You're totally aware. Everybody. <laughs> I, I didn't think at all. Like, totally, but like he got there and I was like, uh! <laughs> he was like, you almost punched me in the face right now. Yep, yep. Been but, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, but man, I love tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I can talk tattoos. about that for a whole other episode. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite tattoo that you have? Uh, I've got a giraffe. Do you, Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I got this giraffe. It's supposed to be me as a giraffe. He's got like earbuds in and a little iPod around. Oh, that's him. awesome! Wait, I gotta get closer. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. That's fucking sick. It's got raindrops for spots. I don't know. Why. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say the spots look really kind of teardroppy, which is awesome. That's such a cool artistic little thing that happened. Where did you Where did you get it done? I had a you roommate have... uh, that was a tattoo artist, and uh, he tattooed me in my house. Nice. That's awesome. Did Did he do most of your work? Do you have? He did like a couple pieces for me. Most of my stuff I got from this girl in Dallas called Jay Jury. Okay. Nice. Nice. I, I go to uh, a guy named uh, Jay Blondell. He was on uh, season seven of Ink Masters. Uh, gentle, gentle Jay. Gentle Jay. So I think everybody's I watching. Gentle Jay. Giant beard. Totally awesome dude. Um, and literally, I, I, I go to him. I like book a day and uh, and I'll go and I'll bring him a, uh, a bottle of, uh, of Gentleman Jack. And I'll be like, all right. And he'll go, what are we doing today? And I'm like, I don't know. What are we doing today? And we'll just kind of go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just kind of make it happen, uh, which oh, I think okay. is awesome. So yeah. all everything that I have, honestly, is just kind of out of his brain talking to me about, like, what do you like? And I'm like, well, I love comics. I love music. I love, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's like, oh, let's do this today. Here's an idea I have. And I'm like, cool, let's sketch it out. And then we sketch it out. And I'm like, awesome, do let's it. Do it. <laughs> fucking does it. Put it on me forever. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Yeah, and the guy the guy that I go to that wasn't the Breaking Benjamin tattoo is uh Craig right. from Space Ace Tattoo. And he does like good stuff. That's not my Breaking Benjamin tattoo. Well, yeah, because that's <laughs> that's not good. I mean he did he did my uh is that my PRS side? Yeah, he yeah. has PRS birds. So I got my PRS birds, I got my uh my data remember lyrics. Hell yeah. I've got nice. I've got my kids. So the way I met the guy was uh, I was going to do a zebra tattoo, uh, a zebra bracelet tattoo around my wrist. So I brought him a, a zebra bracelet, a couple of different zebra things, and he drew it via, um, what's it, uh, Sharpie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he, and he goes. It's a technical term. Yeah, that's a technical term. And he goes, what do you think of this? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And he goes and he starts. And then he like the first shot of uh, whatever cleaner they use. Yeah. Just basically washes everything off. Right. And uh, that alcohol spray. And he looks at me and he goes. Do you trust me? (laughs) And I was like. We just met. Sure. I mean, I have no other choice. Do I tell this guy? No, I don't trust you. Well, you do have a choice. You do have a choice, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he <laughs> just and he just kept going, and he, and he did this, and that was that was it, man. 
and uh yeah yeah i got my kids my kids footprints tattooed on them on me yeah that that, that's bad yeah he he's he's great so um yeah so what was your what was your first tattoo i got a quote from 1984 and uh orwell here yeah what quote uh power is not a means it is a means to an end nice excellent wow nice very that's awesome did you um like was that a book that kind of struck you somehow when did you what what was the reason that you read that book even uh, i read it in high school i think it was for a class but uh, okay yeah that was that me was too. always like actually, me too yeah yeah it just really made me like start like being like oh shit like not everything they tell us is like for real <laughs> like a lot of <laughs> right isn't it crazy that first thing that makes you think that yeah so it's really like cool. where it's like oh my god like Happy 11th grade. Why is everybody lying? Everything is fake. <laughs> that's awesome. Surprise. That's, that's cool. Wait, so your first tattoo was like chest? Mm-hmm. Holy wow. shit. How, what? Wh- why? <laughs> what What made that the choice? I don't know. I just wanted it. And uh, yeah, it sucked. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I had, well, I it had makes every second... other tattoo easier. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them were like, oh, man, that wasn't bad at all. But... Right. My third tattoo was on my, yeah, you know, yeah. My third tattoo was on my chest, and as they approached the nipple, I'm like, "Oh yeah, get off my nipple!" <laughs> you're like, "I'm an inch away, dude," and you're like, "No, you're right on it. You're on no, it. Oh, it yeah. sucks. Stop it." <laughs> yeah. So Fucking my uh, my first one, like to get back to the cold tattoo, uh, a <laughs> quick quick but story, just tattoo. so it's out there. Um, underneath my Batman. Uh, my very first tattoo, I was, uh, I think I was 19, maybe 20. And I was, uh, I was working at, um, I was working in, in New York city at, uh, an Applebee's. Right. And so I had this friend of mine that worked with me and we would go out every night and we decided that like, okay, let's see if for two weeks we can not go home unless we're off work. So only our days off, we're allowed to go home and that's when we're allowed to sleep. So otherwise we'll work as soon as we're off work, we'll figure out every bar in the city that like, okay, this one has free chicken wings on this day. This one has this deal on this day. This one has this deal. This one's an after hours. This one's this. And then the Applebee's in times square, which is where we worked uh, or no, Planet Hollywood. I'm sorry, not Applebee's. Mm-hmm. Applebee's was in Vegas. I worked there. Uh, Planet Hollywood in Times Square. So they had a screening room. And so their screening room is where they would bring people in and they would show them like previews of movies and we would have artists come and stuff like that. So we could come in at 5 a.m. And at 5 a.m. we could come in and we could go into the screening room and we could sit in the theater seats that would lean back and we could go to sleep for a couple of hours while the like prep cooks and everything would come in and and set everything up and then we would have to be there by nine so if we got there by five or six we could sleep till nine and then start our shift and then work so we decided to see how long we could do this and we made it three weeks oh my god yeah (laughs) so (laughs) What we did was like, it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 
um, our after hours was at like a Mexican place that was also in Times Square and we would get like double margaritas and everything until like seven o'clock. And then we would go downtown to like karaoke place and go to uh, a wing place after that. And then it was an after hours and then we could get back to Planet Hollywood by 5 a.m. And then Wednesday, there was uh, free hot dogs at this strip club. And so we would go to the strip club and we would eat hot dogs and we would drink and we would tip strippers. And then we would go to this other place. And and so every day was like that. And we did this for three weeks. And one of those weeks, uh, I don't remember whether it was in the first, second or third, to be honest with you, because we got it, it was such a, a weird um we were just in stasis we weren't alive we were we were (laughs) functioning and that was it (laughs) right because the the bartenders at the at our job knew we were doing this and so they would feed us shots throughout the day to keep us going so we would be going to tables to serve them with like trays and we'd be shaking the trays and we'd be like hi what the fuck's going on with you today right like it, it was just a mess and one of these nights, we were down at uh, a place called Absolutely Fourth, which is on Christopher Street and West Fourth in uh, in New York City. And they have fantastic wings, fantastic wings. And right across the street from there is a tattoo place. And we were, I mean, this was probably two in the morning. And uh, and so so we were not in our right minds. And I was like, dude, we should go across the street and get tattoos. And he was like, yeah, we should totally go across the street and get tattoos. I didn't have any tattoos, nor did he. And we went across the street. And um, I, from what I understand, I told the guy that I wanted the spider that was on Spider-Man's back. Right? I wanted that. And I wanted it on my back. And somehow... Throughout the conversation, my friend convinced me that, like, oh, dude, it'll look awesome on your arm because you're a guitar player. And I was like, yeah, man, that sounds like the best idea ever. And so I went in and I was like, okay, give me this spider on my arm. And the guy gave me a tribal spider on my right arm on the inside. The I'm a right-handed spider. guitar player, so I play like this. Right. So, it's so nobody spider, sees though. it on the inside of my arm. <laughs> At all. And it looks like the cold spider. And about a year later cold's album came out the year of the spider which right. had literally almost ex- almost exactly they had a tribal spider on the cover of their record yeah so totally exactly. and i had a tribal spider on the inside of my arm and everybody's like oh you're a cold fan and i'm like no i'm not a cold fan right i love it i had that thing for years and, and I tormented I, him. He tormented me for years. For years. Especially um, when we played with them. Yeah. Uh, what dicks. We we way. we started immediately as bands doing like pranks on each other. I don't know. Do you have any bands that you kind of like do pranks with or anything like that? Uh, not really, but like when we're on tour, we'll do like last day pranks or something like that. Oh no. Nice. This is this is like like hey, we know you now. Uh oh yeah, we fuck we, we, we fuck fucked with each other hard, you, which was you. Yeah. It was before we were even like good friends. We were like, "Oh yeah, let's let's really test the limits of friendship before we're friends." Yeah, totally. 
that's that's why we get along so well that's why that's why we like do these eating challenges because we're like well you have no other choice because i'm calling you a wuss right if yeah. you don't do this and, right <laughs> so I'm we you know we we messed with their band um by blaming them for some shit at our at our studio that we all rented and uh, got them in trouble and then they, they wrote they the wrote name. our band they wrote so our band was called farther from resolution and it, and they wrote in silver sharpie stands out ffr rules with a z very on cool. yeah. on a billy idol poster above a, above the toilet in our rehearsal studio so they got Which immediately got us heat because apparently it's cool to write FFR rules. Well, you guys were a Z band. You didn't do S's. Above above the toilet on a, <laughs> a fucking Billy Idol poster. Right. So then they filled our... Uh, we have two doors to our studio. No, they, no, 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 they, no. That was a trick well, wrap. Whatever. They... They oh no they shrink wrapped my van while we were playing on stage one night <laughs> in in the pouring rain right oh it was great um what did we do oh no we we duct taped them into their studio while they were rehearsing yeah so we duct taped their door shut filled uh the inside there's two doors we filled the inside with packing peanuts and our own demos so that when they opened the door in. All of our demos and packing peanuts would come in and then they couldn't get out of their room and they had to call the owner of the studio to get them out of the room. They filled our doors with uh, the same packing peanuts because McDonald's uh, uh, ball pit balls (laughs) on like a Tuesday night. We came home from a show in in New York City at like three in the morning. We all had to work in the next. We all had to work the next morning. We opened our door and just ball pit balls fell out. So we had we have we have a long standing thing going on, which is amazing. It's it's a love hate <laughs> relationship, yeah. And that's why we we love and hate each other. So I, I encourage you to do this with any band that you all, find. All bands, all <laughs> bands, and take videos so this way I can watch. Yes, them. please post please. post those videos. Um, it'll only bring you closer to the band. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so so we did all that shit to each other, uh, which has nothing to do with the tattoos, but it, it does explain our uh, our combative relationship. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Skags, where do we find you? What? what yeah, please. We've what, been down here too where long. Where do we see Outline in Color? Where do we hear Outline in Color? What do we? What's going on with you guys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell, tell people. Outlineandcolor.com, outlineandcolor.store for merch, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, slash outlineandcolor, all spelled out. Um, if you're looking to find me, I'm Skags, but SK with a four instead of an A, GGS, SK4GGS. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, we got music on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, all that stuff. Just type in an outline and color. And it's not just music. It's fucking good music. Yeah. It's, it's really <laughs> like, good music. It's really good. Like you guys have you guys have put stuff out throughout the whole 
pandemic mm-hmm. and it's all been good and and you're continuing to do so and you guys have you guys are going to have another ep out soon right oh, yeah. yeah and then another one <laughs> and then another one it's, so it's inspiring to other bands other bands need to follow suit honestly like um my band personally i know we came back from um nam a couple years ago and we had this idea of like okay we need to focus everything on online stuff and we need to focus everything on singles and we need to focus everything on content and stuff like that and we started to do that and you guys are a band that totally inspires with that because you embrace it you do it you you're consistent with it and um not only are you consistent but you're consistent with quality too which is which is tough to do it it really is like honestly like like, we gotta top ourselves and it's getting harder to to keep doing that but um dude that's awesome it's inspiring for us too you know because if we do something and it's like it goes pretty well or it goes better than something we've done in the past we're like fuck that was awesome now how do we top that (laughs) you know like so always just trying to raise the bar and keep it going Absolutely. So if you're if you are a fan, if you're watching right now and you're a fan of something heavy or you're a fan of Craving Strange or you're a fan of Bacon is My Passion and you and you like the fact that we're putting out content. Check out Outline and Color. Definitely check out Outline and Color because they are a band that's doing it right. They're doing it the way that we're approaching doing it and they're doing it the way that we're going to be doing it. They're an inspiration and they're absolutely excellent at it their music is fantastic their content is fantastic um we wouldn't have them on the show if they weren't honestly right. because uh if they sucked i we wouldn't even bother <laughs> because right. why would well, we that's do a good that? point. well no honestly like because i don't care if you're entertained i just care if like like on i, I oh, just care if i like it to be honest i care about entertaining me and you and yeah. and whoever we're talking to so if if you're a person that likes anything that we've liked, you're you're gonna love this band. You're absolutely gonna love this band. You really are. Uh, you're gonna love everything that they do. They've got everything for you. I mean, every style is kind of represented. Um, Especially in the new there's stuff. pop sensibility. There's hardcore going so on like, in there. So like there's in the older everything. stuff, it was it, there was definitely a direction, but like the newer stuff, especially is is just a little a little bit more all over the place and all over the place in a good way yeah. because it, it controlled chaos yeah controlled chaos is definitely oh, the way to put it it there's rap there's trap there's there's metal there's oh man low tune guitars Dude, it's where I'm a going. sucker for low tune guitars I love it he what? doesn't like it. he's like oh well I'll go to bass then well you know what I love low low tune guitars. Is the shit. I just I'm, like using the low octave thing. That's like my my big thing with all those just like simple like rocky riffs. Like when yeah. you throw on the low octave uh, doubler, it sounds so yeah. Cool. I'm all for doublers. I'm all doublers, for doublers are great. I'm not I'm all not for so, it. I'm not so down with playing in like G sharp and shit like that. I don't I don't like when my guitar is like. <laughs> Dude, I, I got I got my seven string. I got my seven string. I just on, I just want to like appropriate though because at least you keep the tension, you know. Like the guitar yeah. is designed to be played in that tuning, so that's cool. But when people are playing like sixers and they drop it down to like A sharp, I'm just like, and I know that nowadays there's guitars that can totally do it, 
but there's people out there that do it. There's and, no reason. Yeah, they're like on Don't a Stratocaster, that. and they're that's like, why bass. That. That's why bass was made. Single yeah. coil on. That's why on a bass was G-Shark? created. What? They were like, guitars shouldn't be here, so let's make something with thicker strings, so <laughs> that there's still tension and there's still like action when well, it happens. I, I play twelve. I play twelves and fourteens. Well, so. yeah, you're whatever. I'm an asshole. No, uh, you're not say, an asshole. Say, Just an asshole. you know, kind of weak. Kind of weak. No, uh, honestly. Uh, the music's great. It really is. It's it's fucking awesome. Um, jerk. I honestly can't wait for the 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 moment where we do something in Tulsa or near Tulsa, and you guys aren't on tour, and you happen to be home, and we can hang out in a room together and, and figure uh, out record figure some out music really or just uh, drink some drinks there. or just hang out. Um, just hopefully, we'll be able to do that to super Tulsa. soon. Yeah, I. Dude, it's been awesome having <laughs> with you. It really has. It's been yeah, really man. cool. Thank you for doing this. Jack, thanks Thank for you doing for it, dude. Part of it. Absolutely, man. You guys have a good one. Yeah, you too, man. We're going to sign off now. Um, you hang out so we can talk to you for a little bit later because, you know, we're going to hang out with you after we uh, after we say goodbye to the people. But uh, if you have any last things to say to the people that are listeners of Bacon is My Podcast, this is your moment. So please do it now. Sure. Uh, Imposter Syndrome Part 2 is coming out in April. Keep an eye out for that. We've got a lot more songs coming out this year, a lot more music videos, and uh, COVID regulation preventing. We will uh, be touring as well if that's in the cards. So just keep an eye out for us, and hopefully we'll get to see you in a venue real soon. Hell yeah. Find them. Every link is going to be in our in our uh, All description. Of them. Check the descriptions. Yeah. Check it out. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, everybody that's listening. This has been Bacon is My Podcast. So uh, if, if I can out say... One, Bacon is My Pod. Yeah, everywhere. Bacon is My Pod everywhere. And, uh, and I will say to you, if I've learned anything from today, I will say that uh, music, sir, because you're all over it, music is your bacon. <laughs> so for everyone out there, what's your bacon? Thanks for seeing us. Thanks for hanging out. Later. Night.